Our studies in 1 Peter continue. This time we're in chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. I hope you have your Bible open to 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Let me reopen our studies in 1 Peter. The Apostle Peter wrote this letter to Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, and they were suffering. And Peter wanted to provide from God just the instruction, the encouragement, and the imperatives they needed for their continued patient endurance of suffering, knowing not only would their suffering end, Peter wanted them to know beyond that, there would be the glory promised to all the followers of Christ. Now look, please, at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And this begins in the English Standard Version with the phrase, be subject. If you have the New King James, it is be subject. And that's from a Greek military term, which meant to arrange yourself in military fashion under the command of a leader. It means to put yourself in an attitude of submission and obedient behavior. A form of the same word is repeated down in verse 18, having application to servants. The same word is used over in chapter 3 there concerning the submission of wife to husband. Here in 1 Peter 2.13, we're talking about submissive obedience to every institution or every ordinance of man. All kinds of rules and regulations are necessary in order for people to live, to coexist together in a neighborhood, a community, a state, a nation. We are all familiar with city code, county laws, state regulations, and federal statutes. These are laws instituted or ordained by government and we may not like all of these rules. We may believe some of them are intrusive. We may not agree among ourselves about the propriety of various kinds of legislation. But this passage gives us very clear, direct instruction. Be subject. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human ordinance or institution. Now, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul taught in Romans 13. Every person is to be in subjection 
to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Now, let's be careful to notice. We must obey, not out of political loyalty, not just for the sake of staying out of jail, not just for the sake of reputation or societal order. For Christians, the main reason is for the Lord's sake. This is the will of God. This assigns the fundamental reason, the motive, for the Lord's sake. The child of God obeys the laws of the land for the Lord's sake, because he requires this submission. And so to please him, to comply with his will, this submissive obedience should be our response, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do good and to praise those who do evil. Uh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. From the top officials to the local officials, as a Christian, my response must be this submissive obedience. Now, I know you're thinking there is one exception to this rule, but I like to begin with the rule. I'll get to the exception in a few minutes. Let me take us to the last part of verse 14, where you will find two phrases. I misread them before. I'll be very careful now. To punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. These are two purposes of government as approved and ordained by God. Government, when patterned after this ideal, takes action to punish evildoers. And government, when patterned after this ideal, takes action to praise those who do right. Two simple purposes in God's definition of government, the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Praise is about honor, protection, and promotion. Listen to verses 13 and 14. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So far as I know, from the scriptures, there's only one occasion where we must refuse to obey government. Only one occasion. That is when government requires disobedience to God. I'm going to go back to the book of Acts and give you an example in chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and then a statement in chapter 5. In Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 18, Acts chapter 4 and verse 18, so they called them, the apostles, 
and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Now, look over in chapter 5 in verse 29, where this narrative continues. Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. So, the apostles were told not to preach the gospel. Of course, they could not obey that. They said, we must obey God rather than men. So the apostle Peter teaches in his first epistle here in 1 Peter 2 that we are to submit to the governing authorities. The only case we have in the New Testament, the only example of disobedience is when the government requires disobedience, then we must disobey the government. Christians, Clinton Hamilton said, have the obligation to submit to governing authorities of whatever rank and of whatever character, so long as what is commanded is not in violation of the will of God. It is significant to remember these Christians lived during the time when government was hostile toward them under the emperor Nero. There was no freedom of religion or protection under the law, no freedom of speech. There was discrimination against Christians. It was allowed, promoted. It became systematic. Yet, unless required to do wrong, these Christians were to obey. Verse 15, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. If you are accused of doing wrong, the most effective defense is doing right, continuing to do what is right. Generally, it is not as effective to argue your case verbally. There may be occasions where a verbal or written defense is necessary, yet if you're accused of doing wrong, the most effective defense is to continue to do right. And it is the will of God that by doing right, we put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. God wants us to prove our accusers wrong by doing what is right, such is the will of God. Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. So the ignorance silenced by righteousness is not the innocent ignorance of lacking information. It's not the ignorance that all of us must admit not knowing what we will learn in the future. This is the ignorance of foolish men, willful, persistent, disgraceful in nature. There were pagans, Gentiles, and Jews, Roman officials, and those under their influence who slandered the good name of God, making accusations against his people. They said that Christians were in rebellion against the Roman government. 
many other kinds of charges were reckless, made against God's people by those who were both ignorant and foolish. The most effective defense against false and malicious slander is to continue to live a righteous life. So listen, please, in 1 Peter 2, back in verse 11. Back in verse 11 through 15, and you'll see all of this coming together. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject to the Lord's, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Let me go ahead now and talk to you about verses 16 and 17. Here is one of the instructive paradoxes of the Bible. 16 and 17. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. The modern mindset tends to think in absolutes in some cases. Either you're free or you're a slave. To the modern mind, untrained in Scripture, there is no mixture of freedom with slavery. If you're free, you are not a slave. If you're a slave, you are not free. That's the simplistic thinking of men uninfluenced by biblical truth. Peter says to Christians, you are free, but you are a slave. Now, how can that be? Here's how that works. We are free from sin, but free to serve God. We are free from the doctrines of men, but free to abide in the doctrine of Christ. We are free from the materialistic ambitions of this world, but free to live by the higher ambitions. We are free from the fear of eternal punishment, but free to anticipate a heavenly home. In Christ, we are free from every evil thing, but we are free to engage in and enjoy every good thing God offers. The key to understanding this is to think of this in terms of what we are free from and what we are free to do. We are freed from sin to serve God. And by the way, the same kind of thing is referenced by Paul in 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 9 and 10. Now we go back to verse 17. Verse 17. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Uh, this is one of those passages where the simple practical message is so clearly defined 
our duty is captured by four phrases. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now let's consider each one briefly. Honor all people. That's the basic attitude of respect that we ought to have for all people. That's our responsibility. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. The brotherhood is simply people who enjoy the same relationship we have with God. God is our father. God is their father. We are Christians. They are Christians. <coughs> we are brethren. The word love here is active goodwill one has for another, even though personal sacrifice may be involved. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Fear in this kind of context is to reverence God, to treat him with respect, such respect as will issue in the devotion of obedience. And then it says, honor the emperor, the king, the president. This relates to our previous study about submitting to civil authorities. While this does not forbid disagreement with the king or president, it does forbid disrespect of the office, immature insults, malice, and hatred. I'll be back in just a minute with our takeaways. Takeaways. This passage should be studied, taking into account the historical context. I don't have any doubt that Peter did not agree with everything the Roman emperor Nero was doing and saying. Nero's agenda was not favorable toward Christians at all. Most of what Peter wrote in this letter and what the apostles taught Nero would oppose and not take seriously. Peter not only does not recommend protest rallies against Nero or the Roman government, Peter says, honor the king, honor the emperor. This is challenging for Christians in any time, any culture, but this says, honor the emperor. We respond to sin, we teach the truth against the widespread <clears throat> worldliness and false teaching and rebellion against God. We use the word of God to respond to sin openly while doing what this says, honor the emperor. And Paul adds in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 2, pray for kings and men in high position. We do this for the Lord's sake. See, everything we've studied is about our relationship with the Lord. Verse 15 says, this is the will of God. Verse 17, servants of God. Ver uh, verse 16, servants of God. Verse 17, fear God. We accept the challenge of living in submission to governing authorities because this is the will of God. It's all about our relationship with God. I'll be back next time when we will continue at verse 18 in 1 Peter chapter 2. 
These videos are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Thank you.